1 Corinthians chapter number 13. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And we're continuing our series. We've been talking about in this series of discovering your destiny. How do we do that? And the first thing we needed to learn was, first of all, we're not a kid anymore. And because we're not children, even though we were really good at being children, we're out of that phase of life. Then we talked about this next phase after you get out of the child phase is the phase that we call the mistake zone. We said most of the time, most people during the years of 13 to about 26 or 27, you're making the most important decisions of your life. And it's usually during that time that you'll make a lot of the biggest mistakes of your life if you're not careful. And as you make those mistakes, if you're not careful, because of those decisions, you could literally miss God's destiny, God's plan for you. And so we said we got to be careful when going through the mistake zone. During that uh, lesson, we went through a lot of the decisions that you make uh, that, uh, that you have not made yet, but you will one day make during that time of the mistake zone. And then we talked about the fact that God created us, and it's so important that you understand that and believe that this evening. There's no way you can find God's destiny for you if you don't believe that God created you. So we talked about in that lesson how important it is to understand we were created specifically with a specific design by God. And then the last couple of weeks, we talked about the fact that each and every one of us have to make a decision. Are we going to follow our plans? Are we going to follow God's plan? Now, the big question there sometimes is, oh, how do I know what God's plan is? Most of the time, as teenagers, if I were to ask you, what do you think God wants you to do with your life? You'd probably say, I don't know. In fact, if I were to ask you, what do you want to study when you get to college and what do you want to graduate with? Most of you would probably be like, oh, I'm not sure yet. You kind of feel like I've got a few more years, if, especially if you're a junior, you say I got two more years. If you're a sophomore, three more years. It's the seniors that are going, oh my goodness, I got to pick real soon. And the college students, if you don't know, Good luck. No, uh, you, you still got some time, but it's during that, that, those years, during these years that you're, you're starting to, to really think about what am I going to do with my life? And you've got to come to a point in your life where you say, God, what I want to do, if it's not what you want me to do, I'm willing not to do it. I shared with you last week that throughout my high school years, uh, I really wanted to be a lawyer. But I came to my senior year, and I was confronted with this truth, and I had to make a decision. Am I going to do what I've always wanted to do and what I told everybody I was going to do, or am I going to do what God's calling me to do? And in that decision, it, it caused a domino effect because I made that decision. I went off to a Bible college. Because I went off to a Bible college, I met this Filipino girl. Because I met this Filipino girl, I began to talk to her, and I began to uh, start a relationship with her, and then... Four years later, I, uh, she was walked down the aisle by her father, and we uh, made a, a covenant before God to love each other and, and to be a married couple. And then uh, five years after that, we had a child, and his name was Elijah. And then 20 months later, another one. And all of that was because at one point in my life, I had to decide what, what I was going to do. Was I going to put my plans on hold, or was I not? And we, we talked about, and I challenged you last week, 
Are you willing to put your plans on hold? Are you willing to say, okay, God, I know I have my plans, but I'm not really sure yet if those are your Tonight, we want to start in this next lesson, and, and it's really, it's titled, It's Time to Get Serious, and, and it's a really practical lesson. It, it basically is going to boil down to, how do I find God's will in a practical way? I've, I've, I've already said, Pastor, I, I made a decision last week that I'm going to put my plans on hold. I really want to know what God's plans for me are, but how do I do that? What is the process of doing that? And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Now, if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 11, we're going to dive into that. But right before I explain what that verse says, why don't we ask God uh, to just enlighten us and that his spirit would fill us tonight as we get ready to receive his word. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for your word. I pray that tonight as we study it, as we jump into it, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that your spirit uh, would once again work in our hearts as you have done these last several weeks and that we, would be, uh, that we would respond in a way that would honor and glorify you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Decisions. We all have decisions to make. If you're going to make the right decisions, you're going to have to have the right tools in your life. All right? You can think of yourself almost like a carpenter. If you're going to build the right kind of uh, furniture, you need the tools to do it. Okay? Uh, you're going to need more than just a baseball bat. You're probably going to need a hammer, and you're going to need a saw, and you're going to need uh, you know, measuring, uh, a measuring stick, and you're going to have all these things that you need. You need the right tools to be able to do the right things. All right? Same thing in your life. When it comes to decisions, you're going to have to have the right tools in your life to be able to do that. And um, I want you to notice now in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11 says, When I was a child... I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. The Apostle Paul said, listen, there was a time where, you know what, I would wake up and it was all about video games and it was all about candy, even though Paul probably didn't have video games, he was probably all about, I don't know, wrestling or something, you know, racing. Uh, he said, I, I remember waking up and it was all about playing. It was all about, you know, just enjoying uh, my childhood, going to school, getting to know my friends. And there was a time when it was like that, he said, but then I grew up. And there's a time in your life, and I believe it's during the years of being a teenager, where that's the, the time where you cross the line from being a child to being a young adult. Where you need to start getting serious about life because life is a serious thing. There are serious consequences to your decisions. There are serious tragedies that come into life. And if you don't begin to prepare yourself for then you're going to miss it. And you're going to suffer some serious consequences for it. Listen, I can tell you, I'm 35. There are people that are 35 that I went to school with that have not yet understood that they're adults that are still at age 35 all about video games and candy and no responsibility. And I'll get texts from them. Pastor, will you pray for me? Um, I'm having trouble paying my rent right now. Do you know where I can get some shoes? Do you know where I can get clothes? I haven't bought shoes in a while. And it's not because there's no jobs that they could work at. It's because they never got serious about life. 
And they thought, well, once I'm 35, everything will work itself out. But see, life doesn't work that way, young people. Just because you get older doesn't mean that everything just falls into place for you. You got to start at a young age right now during your teenage years to say, I need to get serious about life. And so this lesson is all about the first tool I'm going to need is being serious. Now, let me just give you some thoughts on that this evening in your notes. Number one, being serious does not come naturally. Being serious does not come naturally. If you look in the book of Titus, chapter 2, I'm just going to read this. It says, The aged women, or the older women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed, Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. I want you to just notice the phrase where he says, first of all, uh, the, the, the uh, older women need to teach the younger women because it's not natural to just be responsible. And he says, likewise, the young men need to have a sober mind. The word sober means to have a serious mind. In other words, not everything is fun and games always. Sometimes part of growing up is learning when things are funny, things are not. When it's time to get serious and when it's time just to kind of have some fun. And that's what's so important for you to understand. Now, I want you to notice after what we've read in the Word of God, number one there in your notes, your authorities are commanded to teach you about being serious. All right? It is my responsibility as your youth pastor to help you become serious about life. To help you understand that what is coming down the road is something that's going to affect you in a serious way. And to help you to know how to confront that. To help you know how to make the right decisions throughout the next few years. And then I want you to notice there in your notes, you are commanded to learn about being serious. Don't be a, a young person that says, yeah, yeah, okay, I hear you. That tells me you're not learning. Someone that has that kind of mentality is someone that's not growing, someone that's not learning. Someone says, yeah, I, I already got it. I've heard this. I grew up in church. I mean, come on. Brother Jeremy, I've, I've known you even since you were in college and I was just a little kid. I remember but it doesn't matter how long you've been in this church. It doesn't really matter how long and how much you feel like you know about the Bible. There's always things to learn. There's always areas in which you need to grow. And an attitude that says, oh, I already know it, is one that's not growing. One that's not learning about being serious. Let me tell you something. If, you have, if you're learning about being serious, then you'll have an attitude that says, I need to grow tonight. I need to know something about what God's word says. I want you to notice in your notes, developing a serious mind will be your choice. It will be your choice. No matter how much I say, no matter how much I desire for you to be serious and to confront things in the right way, it's going to be up to you. So I want to encourage you tonight. Number one, make a, a decision right now to say, you know what, I'm going to be serious about the things I should be serious about. 
one of the things that is always, to me, it sticks out. And, and being on the platform and being behind the pulpit, I, I, I basically can see the whole crowd. One thing that always sticks out to me, one thing I notice when I'm preaching or teaching, and most people, most preachers or teachers that teach or preach, they notice when the uh, people, the audience there, if they're listening or not listening, teachers at school, they'll be noticing what students are trying to learn and not learn. And it's amazing how much you can get just from body language. It's amazing if, if you have a, a student, and, and it's ama- because teachers, they'll focus on this and they'll even tell you, hey, sit up. Because if you're slouching like this, you're not learning. No matter what the teacher wants to show you and teach you, if you have that attitude, you're not learning. So what do they do? Hey, sit up. Hey, listen up. Hey, give me your eyes. And it's amazing. I can tell you, just because I do it every week, I can tell you there are people in our congregation in the English service that aren't growing. I can tell you that. I don't say names because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I can tell you, I do notice. And you say, well, how do you know they're not learning? Because they're not listening. They're not engaged. What does it take to be engaged, a serious mind? Usually, those are the same ones that call down the road and say, hey, my life's crumbling. Yeah. I could have told you that. In fact, I think I did tell you that, but you weren't listening. So important, young people, decide tonight you need to have a serious mind. Secondly, the second tool you'll need is to gird up your loins of your mind. Gird up the loins. 1 Peter 1.13, it says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter was telling the Christians. These were new Christians, and he said, you know what? You need to be sober. And you need to gird up the loins of your mind. Now, that's, that seems like a really weird phrase because we don't really this way anymore, right? We don't know. When's the last time you even heard somebody say gird? Hey, can you uh, gird up, please, in class? Gird up? What are you talking about? This is a little bit older English, but gird up your loins, that phrase, what, it, what it's talking about is if you know a little bit about uh, history, you know that... Um, Back in the times when the Bible was written, when Paul was writing and Peter was writing, pants were not really invented yet, right? So nobody really had pants yet, okay? So they would either wear uh, a, a robe that was a little bit longer, uh, or if you were the Romans, which they, came, they brought it into style later, uh, which was like a, almost like a skirt instead of a longer robe. And those that had the longer robes, if they were going to run, all right, if you were going to go into battle, if you were going to go anything, you had to pull up the stinking thing, all right? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've been to a track meet lately. I mean, last year, I know school year is just starting, so I don't know if they have track meets yet. But if you've ever been to a track meet, nobody's in a row. Nobody. Right? They, they, they try to use just like the lightest shorts and the tightest shirt they can get. And the reason is because you want to go as fast as you can and you want nothing holding you back. Well, in the days when the Bible was written, they had to gird up their loins if they were going to do that. You had to basically pick up that thing so you can run. Well, Paul is saying not literally, or Peter is saying not literally you have to gird up what you're wearing, but that in your mind. If you're going to be serious, you're going to have to gird it up. Now, is girding up the loins. What is girding up the loins, or how can you gird up the loins? 
Very simply, number one, use your sober mind to focus on the future. Part of girding up your loins is just being sober and focusing on the future. Okay? And that takes discipline. This, this is why your teachers will push you so hard to get your homework done. Because it's part of the process of saying, you need to get your mind serious. Uh, you know who the ones that struggle most in life? The ones that never got serious. The ones that never took homework serious. The ones that never took school serious. I'm telling you, I, I got a really close friend, and, and uh, he does some amazing work in what he does. Um, he's, a, he's a carpenter, and, and, and he's just, he's amazing at what he can make, right? But he always tells me, I, you know, I talk to him, and, and he's got just a wonderful family. And I talk to him, and I say, hey, how was your week, man? And he's like, ah, oh. like, it was rough, man. I said, why? He said, I worked 15 hours yesterday. He said, it was so hot, 15 hours. And we'll start talking, and he'll tell me about the project he's doing, and then he'll always say, you know what, Jeremy? You know what I wish? I wish I wouldn't have dropped out of school. He dropped out as a, I had one semester, he's a senior, he had one semester left of school, and he thought, I don't need it. I don't know what I'm doing, I can work. And that's what he did. And he said, man, he's got kids now, and he says, man, I tell my kids, hey, you don't want to end up like me. You don't want to be in the sun 15 hours a day. Do they pay me? Yes. Can I make some money? Sure. But I'd rather make the same kind of money working in an office somewhere, working in an air condition somewhere, running my own company some way, than having to be out here for 15 hours. What happened is that in his senior year, he didn't get serious. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you, young people, learn from those that have gone before you and decide now, you know what, I need to get serious about this kind of stuff. And get serious about school. It's not something to just blow off. Then I want you to notice, secondly, girding up the loins of your mind means using your sober mind to pursue God. Not only do you need to be serious about what God has before you, whether it's schoolwork or whether it's anything else like that, but also be serious about pursuing after God. Now, I'll tell you why this is second in your notes, and it's for this reason. Because you can have all the education in the world, but if you're not pursuing God, you won't be happy. You won't. You won't reach your destination. You won't really feel like you have the purpose, that you've reached a purpose for why God created you. Uh, you, you. Listen, you won't have the marriage that you could have. You won't be the father that you should be. You won't be the mom that you should be. With the serious mind that you have, pursue God. Sometimes we get so sober and so serious about schoolwork, and I say, man, that's great. You need to be, and you need to learn that, and you need to learn your whatever biology classes and chemistry classes and history. Learn all that you can, but you know what? So many times we get so enthralled in that that we leave God way behind. Don't make that mistake, young people. Don't make the mistake. Make a mistake of thinking it's all just going to work out. Listen, you've got to be purposeful about, about the things of God. And listen, 
it's the rest of your life. I, 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 was, I was sharing with the college students, you know, I, I just started this, this year of, of trying to learn new chapters of the Bible that I, I had not memorized before. Uh, Psalm 103, Psalm 91, right now I'm working on Psalm 27. Why am I doing that? Because I need to stay serious about the things of God. Sometimes we think memory verses, oh, that's for the little kids so they can win a candy. No. What we're doing with the candy in the class is to help them to become serious-minded, have a sober mind. Because it doesn't come naturally, young people. You don't just wake up and suddenly, oh, I'm, I'm 35, I'm serious now. You're not. It's a decision you make. Girding up your loins means, number one, having a sober mind to focus on what's coming ahead, the future. Having a sober mind about pursuing God in your life. And then having a sober mind to respond quickly to God's leading. Having a sober mind to respond quickly to God's leading. Let me ask you a question. Do you know what you believe? I mean, do you? I think, sadly, today, the average Christian doesn't really know why they believe what they believe. They, they know somewhat of what they believe. They'll say things like, oh, yeah, we don't go to those places. But if I were to ask you, why? And you say, oh, well, many times it's, pastor said no. What happens with the next pastor that says yes? You know what happens today, young people? You have, you have access to more. We have access, all of us, have access to more information than we've ever had in the history of the world. And what happens is you can go to Google, and you'll find a pastor that says, oh, it's okay to do that. Listen, there are pastors today that say homosexual relationships is okay. God loves you. So when you say, well, it's because pastor says no, what happens is you'll find down the road a pastor that will say yes, and then what are you going to say? You see, a serious mind begins to think about, what do I believe? Why do I believe that? Why do we say that this is wrong? And if I had to prove and show somebody with the Bible, if I had to show them that sex out of marriage is wrong, that if you want to have a dating relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend and you're trying to sleep together and you're not even married, where would you show them in the Bible that that's wrong? Where? Can you think of at least one verse right now in your mind? How about one verse that says that Jesus is God? Is there one verse in your mind that you can say, this is how I know that Jesus is God? You see, so many times, young people, we... We, we're serious about so many other things, but I wonder, are we really serious about pursuing God? Are we really serious about following God's leading? Because how can you follow what you don't know? The average church, if you look statistically, the average church loses about 65% of its young people. In other words, 10 years down the road after their teenagers are 18, 10 years down the road by the age of 28, 65% of them aren't even in church anymore. There's another percentage that doesn't even believe in God. What happened? How is it that at 18, they were there in church and, and oh, yes, yes, the Bible and singing praises and you are, who you, you, you know, I am who you say I am. And then 10 years later, they're like, mm, 
They didn't have a sober mind to follow God's leading, to pursuing God, to doing and focusing on the future that's coming ahead. I want to encourage you young people, be serious. Gird up your loins. Lastly, in your notes tonight, we'll go through this quickly. Be aware of your enemy because this is important. This is important, young people. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I don't know if this is in your notes, but you need to write this down. I am a target. Write that down. I am a target. Because I think so many times, young people, we forget this. I'm a target. There's someone that wants to destroy you, and I'm not, I'm not even just talking about casually wants you to destroy you. I mean, he intently wants to destroy you. It's his one pursuit. It's the reason he exists tonight. It's just, if he could see you destroyed, he would love it. Now, there in your notes, you are the target of a ruthless enemy. The target of a ruthless enemy. The Bible says that the devil walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Let me tell you something, young people. This week, you're going to be targeted to see something on your phone you shouldn't see. Just mark it down. You're a target. Sometime this year, in this school year, if you haven't started school yet or if you're already in school, at some point, you're going to be the target of him saying, I want you to have a bad attitude towards your teacher. You know what? You should start this rumor. You know what? What they said about you, this is what they deserve. Something's going to happen where, you know what? They deserve, they deserve for you to cuss them out. Put them in their place. Somewhere along the line in this school year, that's going to come to your front door. Because you're a target. At some point, if you're dating, the thought's going to come in, this isn't so bad. Because you're a target. The devil, he can to destroy it. To destroy you. At some point, the thought's going to come into your mind, mom and dad don't know what they're talking about. My family, why can't I have that family over there? God doesn't love me like he loves them. At some point, all that's going to come in. And the reason it's coming into your head is because the devil has you as his target. And he's ruthless. So what do you do with that? Number one, remember that you are the child of heavenly father you're the child of a loving heavenly father now this is this is important on one side you have a loving heavenly father on the other side you that wants to destroy you and here you are right in the middle a heavenly father that loves you a devil that wants to destroy you and you're right here in the middle and there's the first decision you got to make which way am I going? Who am I going to listen to? The first decision you make with a sober mind, who am I listening to? Who am I listening to? Listen, you must choose to avoid your enemy and follow your father. I'll, I'll end with this. And I'll end with just three thoughts to challenge you by. Number one, I want to challenge you to determine that there will be moments in the coming days when you will seriously seek God. I want to challenge you. In these next, this, this week, all right, in the next two days here that have 
uh, of school days, and then you have Saturday. And the next three days, say, I'm going to seriously seek God. Then I want to challenge you on the focus of your heart. Colossians 3.1 said, says, if Christ be risen, then set your sight, set your affections on things which are above. I challenge you to set your heart, focus your heart on the things that God has for you. You know, no, number three, let me just give you the third challenge, and that is to discipline your mind. In the next three days, I challenge you to dis discipline your mind. Let me just say, you're living in a world of sleeping people. Most of the teenagers in our world today, I'm, I'm not just counting you. I mean, I'm talking about in our world, in our valley, in our world. Most of them aren't even thinking about the future. They have the wrong philosophy and they have the wrong sight of what they should be doing. I want to challenge you to do the right thing. Decide today, I'm going to have a serious mind. I'm going to remember that I'm a target. I need to follow God. And decide tonight that you will do that.